0: Hello and welcome back to Casting at the Podcast. I am Will Harley. Uh, I am one of your hosts. This week, um, my cohort in crime, uh, Don Winsberger, is at a uh, pastor's conference. And so um, he's in a totally different circuit and district than I am in um, as we serve our Lord in, in the churches that he has called us to. And so he is not here with me, but he will be back next week as we have opportunity to continue our look at the um Augsburg Confession, but for today to uh, sort of lead us on a on a different trajectory and, and sort of just have a study by ourselves, um, I wanted to to maybe have a talk uh, and and just go to scripture and just have a talk on uh, Luke chapter twenty two, um, and I know it's 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 something a little bit different, um, and and it's actually uh, um, maybe a good Bible study for us to to take a look at, um, and and so. Uh, we will go and jump on into to the scriptures and take a look at at Luke chapter 22 uh, here in just a moment. But before we do that, uh, I'd like to give a, a brief disclaimer. Everything that we say on the show is, uh, of course, our opinions. Uh, we do try to to very well follow the the doctrinal stance of our calling bodies, church calling bodies, and that of uh, the synod in which we are a part. But our views and opinions, uh, when we do have them, are not... Always shared by the Wisconsin Evangelical Lutheran Synod or our calling bodies, and so if you do have something that you find offensive, please come and talk with us. But uh, if it is so offensive that you can't listen anymore, um, you you are an adult. Um, you are perfectly capable to shut us off, um, and, and uh, we know that you can do that and should do that. Um, that's part of, of being an adult. And so we, we invite you to listen to the entirety of the show. We invite you to give us our feedback or give, give some feedback so that we can you know make amends or, or we can uh, further a conversation one way or another. Um, but otherwise, until then, um, let's jump on in to our topic at hand for today. Right, our topic for today is dealing with uh, Luke chapter twenty-two, and so I hope you brought your Bibles. Um, we do want to jump on in and and take a quick look at this section, and uh, hopefully um, we can find some some wonderful words of wisdom from our Lord and our Savior uh, as we we take a good look at at Luke chapter twenty-two. Now, Luke chapter twenty-two is is unique in many ways. Um, not only is it because it's it's very close to to working towards our Lord's crucifixion, um, as He is soon going to going to be going there, um, but what makes Luke chapter twenty two also very unique is that it seems to almost bring up something that we feel contradictory to the very nature of of Christ, and so. Um, we have the celebration of the Passover in the beginning of Luke 22. Um, and we'll, we'll just go through and, and kind of read this. Um, uh, maybe before we do that, I'll just throw out here the the, the title for my, my Bible study on this one is in, in many ways, um, and carry. Um, it seems weird, but it'll make sense uh, as we get further down, um, into the, to the chapter. Um, and, and there's a long chapter here, um, and, and really we're not going to take it all. I'm going to give some of the highlights. So just to give you some of the highlights and then to, to give you where where we really want to um, focus our attention is going to be um, coming up during the the, the last moments of, of that night, during the, the Passover. And Jesus is, is celebrating... Um, with his disciples, and he is um, instituting for them uh, the Lord's Supper, the celebration of the Lord's Supper, um, and he he's giving to them his body and his blood. Um, and he says during this time, as he's giving this this wonderful um, reestablishment of the promise uh, here in in the now the sacrament uh, of communion, which is is what is being established here. Um, he he sees and tells everyone that he is he's going to be betrayed. That that one who is sitting with him, one who is um, gathering around him, um, is is going to betray him. And that strikes up a conversation, of course, uh, which boggles the mind because the the disciples they. Um, been just celebrating this this amazing gift of forgiveness of sins, and they've just been told that he's going to have to, Jesus is going to have to die again, um, this idea of, of of suffering and death for the forgiveness of sins, and then one is going to betray, and it, it brought out this discussion within them uh, of who's going to be greater in the kingdom, right? Uh, of which one is going to be um, sitting at the better spot. Um, and, uh, of course, um, what happens is is they both they all start fighting all, all the disciples except for one who is left to go in and betray the Lord um, they start fighting and thinking that that one is going to be greater one is going to be lesser one's going to sit closer to Christ the other one's not going to sit so close and, and the Lord reminds them that that you know what that's not how it works in in, in the kingdom of God um, it, it's not how that works Um it, that's how the world works one's better one's less but but that's not how it is in God's God's eyes in, in God's eyes it, it is um, solely on uh, we' are made right in Christ and and so we're even um and, and it's the Lord who places us where we need to be at the times that we need to be and then of course uh, we lead into um, the warning right for for Peter in verse 31 of chapter 22. Of Luke, um, the Lord says, "Simon, Simon, pay attention. Satan has asked to have you all, so that uh, he may sift you as wheat. But I prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers." I, I always like to highlight that area, uh, especially when we talk as we come to to this the talk of the crucifixion, because. Not only is Jesus telling Peter, yeah, you're going to fall, you're going to deny me. In fact, you're going to deny me three times before the rooster crows this night. Um, But when you fall, when you deny me, that's that's really unbelief, right? When you deny Christ, when Christ is denied, and and Peter will deny him three times— He's still not condemned permanently. He, he comes back uh, in repentance and forgiveness. He comes back. And, and there's that hope, right? Uh, Jesus in verse 32 gives, gives Simon that hope, Peter that hope, um, that that when he fails, when he can't be the person that he thought he was, God's going to be there. Christ is going to be there. And, and he will be brought back and he will be in a position to strengthen his brothers who maybe are struggling with their faith and struggling with their unbelief. And so, uh, of course, um, that, that gives us and leads us into, well, um, some of this other uh, part of our, our study for today that I want to say is, is part of this concealed and carry and, and may strike us just a little bit odd. And, and so let's just—we'll read from 33 in Luke chapter 22, since we've sort of caught up to where we are. Um, and, and we're going to read to verse 38 um, for right now. And, and so let's just, let's just move on into that. Jesus said to him—that um, is, to, to Peter—or um, actually, I, I apologize. It's Peter saying to Jesus, Uh, Lord, I am ready to go with you both to prison and to death. Uh, But Jesus replied, I tell you, Peter, the rooster will not crow today until you deny three times that you know me. And he said to them, "Um, But when I sent you out without money bag, travel bags, sandals, did you lack anything? And they said, Nothing. Verse 36, Then he said and told them, but now let the one who has a money bag take it and likewise a traveler's bag and let the one who has no sword sell his cloak and buy one for I tell you that the scripture must be fulfilled in me He was counted with transgressors Indeed what is broke or what is written about me is going to have to be fulfilled They said, look, Lord, here are two swords. And he said to them, that is enough. And this is what brings about that whole idea of concealed and carried for our our little focus here for today. Why did Jesus have them pick up a sword? You see, I, I think we get it in our heads, and we start to think in our heads that Jesus is is this loving character, right? Um, well, we get it into our heads that Jesus is this is this God uh, character who uh, is nothing but but roses and love and and joyous things and good things for other people, and um, we live in a society where where we've had sayings that say well if that's you know anything wrong or anything bad anything that has to do with punishment if that's what if my god has anything to say about that or or if my god talks about like that he can't be my god um, as if god is not a god of judgment as if god is is not a god of of wrath and punishment or or uh, a god of protection and, and making sure that that his people are protected from evil and so it gets it, it sort of strikes us as odd that that Jesus would say to his disciples, you know what? You need a sword. That 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 you really need to have uh, some type of uh, a way to defend you and yours. Um, and and maybe in our society today, it's becoming a more of a topic again. Uh, it goes in its spurts, right? Uh, where where we have uh, in our society this whole push towards uh, everyone trying to get their conceal and carry, everyone trying to get their 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 guns. There's runs on ammunition, you know. Um, Usually, every time the government tries to to either raise prices on guns or or put more um, uh, restrictions on owning a gun, there usually is is some type of pushback and and people who are trying to purchase then and 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 things. I heard this recently that there's more people getting handguns, purchasing handguns, um, or getting their conceal and carry uh, because of this whole rioting thing and the unrest that's in the nation today. And we we have both sides. It's very polarized, right? Both sides of saying, you know, it's not right to have arms. It's you know, the government should should protect us, and and other people it says no. It's our right to do this. It's a Second Amendment, um, uh, the right to bear arms. And so, you know, this is a this is a a thing for debate. And I'm not wanting to get on the political side of it, but but I see it here in Scripture that that the Lord understands that we live in a sinful world, and, and that there are people who are going to try to do us harm because we believe a certain way, because we act a certain way because we're Christian. And and that's the truth, dear listener. That that when as a Christian you live in a certain way, you're going to be different. And and people are going to notice that difference. And 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 sometimes they're going to be joyful for that difference. Sometimes it's going to be a great and wondrous thing. And other times it's going to be be a difference that causes them to hate you because just by the way you live, they are going to feel you are calling them out because they're feel they, they feel guilty that they're not living that way. And I think that's that's where this comes from. This is this is our Lord saying there's there's protection here, that that you as a Christian um, have the right to protect you and your family. Um, you as a Christian have the right to to bear arms, right? in, in a sense. Um, not so that you can go and force your opinion on on someone else, not that you can go and by force try to convert somebody. The church has tried to do that already in ages past, um, and we're very wrong in doing that because the church doesn't work through the force of arms. Uh, The church works through the gospel, which is a a force of love seen in Christ, uh, who first loved us, gave himself for us, died for us, But as we look at all of this, it doesn't translate that just because God is loving, that he's not just, that if God is loving, that he does not call us to protect ourselves and protect others. And you see that here. As the disciples are going to be led here now to the Garden of Gethsemane, um, pretty soon they're going to be surrounded by a mob of people, and they're going to be taking Jesus away. And so afraid are those disciples that they're going to run. But not before um, Peter himself takes out that sword and cuts off the the ear of Malchus, right? Um, and 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 the Lord is going to take that ear and going to put it back, and he's going to he's going to tell Peter that those who live by the sword die by that sword, right? Um, and and we kind of maybe think about this and we say, wait a second, I, I don't understand. How is it that that Lord you told us to pick up a sword? Told you told us to 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 have this sword and then we can't use it. Listen to the account. It's in it's in actually Luke chapter twenty twenty two and it's just further on. So the Lord and the disciples they get to the Garden of Gethsemane and the Lord prays, um, and and he asks that this cup may be taken from him, but not his will be done, but but his father in heaven's will be done. And and we know what happens, right? To the, the crowd comes, the group comes and they're 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 trying to to take him by force. And in verse 47 of Luke 22, we read these words. While he was still speaking, suddenly a crowd appeared, and, and the man called Judas, one of the twelve, was leading them. And he came near to Jesus to kiss him. But Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? And when those who were around him saw what was about to happen, they said to him, Lord, should we strike with a sword? Then one of them struck the servant of the high priest, and cut off his right ear. But Jesus responded, Stop! No more of this. Then he touched the servant's ear and healed him. And Jesus said to the chief priests, the officers of the temple guard, to the elders who had come out against him, Have you come out as you would against a robber with swords and clubs? Every day I was with you in the temple court, and you did not lay hands on me, but this is, this is your hour, when darkness rules. And they seized him, and led him away, and brought him into the high priest's house. And so you see, you, you see that, that even these disciples who love their Lord um, were presented with the situation, and, and their first thought was retaliation, and the Lord had to stop them. This is, this is not the purpose of bearing arms, the purpose of bearing arms even to the lord was for protection it wasn't for it wasn't for striking and retaliation for attack and he tells his own disciples to stop and he heals the damage that that type of behavior would yield and the reason why i kind of chose this section from luke chapter 22 not only because i love talking about on the resur- or the, the the crucifixion of our lord and and then also the resurrection of our lord which seals our forgiveness it, it proves our justification that we are not guilty in the sight of God our sins are forgiven uh, but i also wanted to to bring up this section because we live in this this world right now that seems so charged we live in this world right now that just seems like everybody's out to get everybody else and and everyone's out to hurt someone else um, either with words or with actions with 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 their bodies or with weapons. Um, it's just, it's a horrible, horrible situation. And, and when you look at this destruction and the rioting and the looting and the the lack of Christian love that people are having and the fear that it's causing and the unrest that we see, and, and then you add to that the, the fact that we have this This pandemic, this virus that's going around and we have to learn to live with it because it's going to be here and and it just drives everybody to this point, to this breaking point and you can almost see that tension it's the tension that the disciples had right they were they were so tense they, they 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 knew that that night something was different something was different from all the other nights that they spent with jesus all the other times that they had gathered around and had a meal with him now he's giving this bread and wine in this this high festival of the passover and and he's connecting his body and blood to it and he says here it is here is my body here is my blood and then they go and they 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 pray in the garden and it wasn't as if that that Jesus has never prayed he prayed all the time but this is a different prayer this is a prayer of 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 sorrow a prayer of of such intense emotion that that he sweat as if it was blood and and, and you you see this this focus that Jesus has that something big is happening and and all of the disciples know it in fact when when they're in the garden they're falling asleep because they're so just tense. They're so tense. It's been so emotionally charged that that they're on wire and, and they're just they're they're drained. And when this comes up, where where now people present themselves, this mob presents themselves, uh, they uh, they go on the attack. Um, and, and that's what happens, dear listeners, when we become so tense, and we become so frustrated, and we become so charged with emotions and with fear, and with stress, and with anxiety. We lash out. Um, and I do it, and and my wife does it, and everyone does it. Because that's, that's who we are. That's what we do. Um, we, we are sinful people. And, and those are the times when, amongst others, of course, but those are the times when our sinful nature does get the best of us. Um, and we need that stern warning from... Our Lord, as he says in in verse 51, that that, that very stern warning, he responded, stop, no more of this. And he heals. He healed the servant's ear. He he heals those wounds that we cause. And that's our Savior. Yes, our Savior is here to judge, absolutely. He he will judge those who, who have been brought to faith in him as righteous, and, and those who have denied him, rejected him, as condemned. Absolutely. That's, that's what a loving and just God would do. But also, he's a gracious God who, who heals these wounds that we cause amongst ourselves, these wounds that our sins play out in our lives, the wounds that that are caused because sin is in this world, and, and, and the anxiety that, that this world brings upon us and the hurt that this world brings upon us, our Savior, Jesus, He heals that. And then He gives this life back to us, just like those words that we started with, right? When, when He was talking with Peter, and, and He said, I prayed for you, Peter, that your faith may not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brothers there's the hope there that that peter was going to come back even after he cut off that man's that man's ear and and after he denies three times and after he runs away from here in the garden and and then he he in the shadows goes and sees what's going to happen and as all of those other disciples as they run away as they run away right jesus Jesus forgives them and Jesus he, he continues to reach out with that invitation to invite them to come, invite them to to be a part of his kingdom and receive that forgiveness that he he freely wins for them. Because he's gonna go to the cross. Nothing is going to stop that. That is, that is the plan of salvation that's, that's going to play out for you. No matter what Peter would do, I would do, you would do, nothing is going to stop that plan of the Lord because that is his victory for you, that his son would die in your place and rise again. But when his son dies, do you remember those words, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing. And we don't, we don't. Our sins have such a control over us that half the time we have no idea, we are not in our right mind when we do those things. When we're led by our passions, we're not thinking clearly. When we're led by our, our jealousy or when we're led by our anger or when, when we just are led by this heart of uncaring and, un, and cruelty, we don't understand. And it is, the, it is the response, the natural response of every person I don't know of one person who does not get upset. I don't know of one person who does not get angry. And yes, I know we have excuses. We do. We have excuses for every one of those times. And we say it's not our fault. It was someone else's fault. But it is our fault because we're sinners too. And we are not righteous enough to have righteous anger. Christ is. Christ is perfect. And so he has righteous anger. We are not perfect. We do not have righteous anger. There's always two people in every situation, and both of them are sinners. And so we all need forgiveness. We need the forgiveness of the Lord. We need the forgiveness of Jesus that we see played out here in Luke chapter 22 as he goes and and he will suffer for us and he'll die for us later on in in, in the further chapters of Luke, we will see him go to the cross for us after being judged. Not guilty, not guilty of anything, but still going to the cross, bearing our sins, becoming sin for us there on the cross and dying for us. That is our Lord. That is his love for you and for me. And it's a love that heals. It's a love that changes us. It is a love that gives us life, a life back to live where once we were dead, a life to, to think of someone else other than ourselves first, to think of someone else first and to live for them and to place ourselves in their shoes and say, you know, what's going on in their life that's causing some of this and, and, and hopefully bring Christ to them um, and share Christ with them in the way that we live, knowing that it might cause them anger because they see something different. Um, and it might cause them distress because when we pronounce forgiveness to them, it assumes and and tells them that they needed something to be forgiven, and and, and people don't like to hear that. They don't like to, to come up in, in confrontation with their sin. They'd rather forget it and, and brush it under the carpet and and go on their merry way, or think that what they're doing isn't all that bad. And there's always other ones out there who are worse than they are, um, but they're a sinner and they need Christ, and I'm a sinner, and I need Christ. And so that's that's a, this life that we get to live, um, and we get to conceal, right, and carry not only a sword maybe for protection, a gun for protection, um, but most importantly, we get to, to conceal and carry this, this magnificent sword called God's Word. And that Word, um, sharp enough to divine... Divide spirit and soul um, to to go deep into the bone, into the marrow, and is deep enough to cut us uh, with the law and say you failed, and deep enough to and sharp enough to bring the gospel that says where you need it, it's going to apply, and we're going to get it there, um, right to your heart. And what a wonderful thing our Lord has given to us um, to use and to share, and to grow into, and grow with. And so that brings us, I think, to the end of our, our little study. Again, uh, thank you for joining me. This has been Casting that Podcast. I'm Will Harley, and I invite you to join us next week as we get back into our study of the Augsburg Confession, and we, we have an opportunity to welcome Don back, hopefully the... the um, uh, district meeting conference was uh was very good and, and well received um he did call me earlier this week and said that that he had a great time and they had some really good papers so maybe we'll catch up with him on on some of those things um but until then um i i hope this study has been a benefit to you and um maybe gives you something to think about that that you know yeah you know th- these things aren't bad that that we have them to help protect ourselves but you know, a sword, a gun, whatever. We have those things to protect ourselves, but but the greatest thing we have is God's Word um, and His forgiveness in Christ Jesus, and to share that and and to live this new life. Um, maybe that should be our focus as we, we go forward in this this time of unrest, this time of unease and anxiousness, um, knowing that our, our Lord and Savior is, is still there working all things for us. And so, Um, I wish you God's richest blessings as you have an opportunity to live your faith in this world, Um, and uh, may you continue to bear the sword of God's word, his law, condemning the sinful heart, the gospel, bringing us the the freedom in Christ Jesus who lived and died for us. Uh, What a a greater thing to be able to share than that. Uh, And so with that, I bid you adieu and invite you to join us next week.